grab a beer. We'll put college football in your ear. Let's rock and roll. I got mine. What is up, Big Ten backers? We're back for another one. It's Thursday, so we here. Get ready. Hit those likes. Hit those shares. Hit the subscribes. Follow us on all of your social medias. We're there. We love it. But hello, let's talk some football, baby. We're talking football games for 2024, and it's getting me pretty fucking pumped up. I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. I don't know about y'all, but man, these Big Ten games that we're going to have next year, the road trips across the Big Ten landscape that we had last year, I'm ready for some more road trips and some more games. So let's get into it. Let's speak about it. And speaking about the landscape, it just got a lot bigger, man. Coast to coast, baby. And since we're talking about coast to coast, I'm going to go with my number one game in conference for the year. And it is in 251 days in Eugene, Oregon. The O's, Ohio State versus Oregon in Eugene, man. One of the reasons this is so good for me, for me, is because I haven't been to Eugene and we're going to go. We're going to go check out that stadium, see how loud it is. I hear it's pretty ruckus. Two top teams with top five recruiting classes, young head coaches, and talk about momentum, baby. This game is likely to be a top five matchup, should be a top five matchup, and it's going to be a springboard into the playoffs. It tops the list, like I said, because of where it's at. Man, I want to see Eugene. I want to be in the Pacific Northwest. And Jamie, I'm sure you agree. But at number two, before you get going, I know you want to jump in on this. I got Michigan at Ohio State for all the obvious reasons. Four years in a row, Ohio State losing to Michigan is a possibility here. That would be a disaster for the Buckeyes. And Sharon Moore, how he handles this team, he's the big dog now. So it's all on his shoulders. Before Harbaugh... Before Harbaugh, Michigan was in a desperate situation. They were working those street corners, and Jim took her off the streets, turned a hoe into a housewife, and look where they're at now, man. King of the mountain, top of the hill. The new man has got a new bride in Michigan, and he's got to keep that game going. All right? Number three, Oregon at Michigan. For all the reasons described as above, both these teams are major teams, big names, and a Big Ten title's up for grabs, so let's take a look at that one. I hope we're there for that. The other one, Penn State at USC, number four for my conference matchups. Man, these teams have all the pieces to make the playoffs, but they've had some struggling years. I mean, for everything that they have, they should be better. Hopefully, this is the year where they turn it around, and man, I can't wait to see Penn State out in LA, see what they got with Aller to Julian Fleming. That connection should be tip top by that time of year. And Penn State should be undefeated. But if USC is undefeated at this point, man, that means they've beaten LSU and they've beaten Michigan. That would be a little crazy. I doubt they'll be undefeated, but if they are, watch out. All right. Lastly, you got the wideout, baby. Penn State hosts Ohio State. And at Happy Valley, how can you leave a whiteout off this list? If you do, you're crazy. You've never been to it. I got to go with the most electric environment in the Big Ten. Should be a good old game. Tom Allen will have that defense ready. And, uh, oh, man, Coda Nicky, that is the offensive coordinator for Penn State right now. He's got a guy have this offense humming like he did in Lawrence, Kansas. Man, with that Kansas offense, it was great. Well, who do you all got? What do you got, Jamie? Yeah, no, I uh, our list doesn't differ that much. Uh, number one, it Oregon, shouldn't. Everything I say is right. 
Ah, oh, sometimes, <laughs> you know, your, your, your wife disagrees. That's what I heard, you know, but uh, Oregon, Ohio, yeah. Oregon, Ohio State, that's the number one matchup. It's the one that's been circled for years. It was a matchup that got yep. canceled. It was on, on my calendar to go. AJ and I went to the matchup in Columbus uh, when Oregon went and played there, and, and that was a great game to watch. I'm looking forward to that. That's the excitement of why these teams came over to the Big Ten. This is how we get these big matchups. Before, it was maybe maybe two, three games a year were the highlight games of the Big Ten. You know, you know, you had the big game. You yep. had Ohio State, Penn State, Penn State, Michigan. But now we got an influx of, of teams to compete with and be big names. And so Oregon, Ohio State, that's going to be my number one. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm excited for the big game. Now that I'm a Big Ten fan, like I am excited for that matchup. I think that this is Ohio State's year to get it done. Uh, they got it at home. If they don't get it done this year, that. Whoop. Maybe I'll get behind that whole firing Ryan Day thing, but I, I'm a pretty big supporter of him right now. But yeah, that's my that's my top two. Looking at it, you got some fun matchups, like you said, with with Oregon uh, going over to uh, Michigan. That's a new new matchup that we're excited to see. Michigan is going to be not the same team they were this last year, but they will still be tough, I believe. Uh, then you got. Uh, who do we got? We got UW Michigan that that rematch of the championship game. I think that's going to be a sad matchup, but I I am excited to see it, <laughs> that that matchup again. I think UW. Why so sad? UW's oh, not man. the team. The team <laughs> they, they were last year at all. Michigan's not the team, but they're a better better version, and they're the home team for it. So I think Michigan should run away with that. You talk about Ohio. Ohio State, Penn State being the whiteout. I think they're going to be a big noon kickoff. So I think. I think when I look at that is that, you know, might not be the whiteout game and you look at who might be, maybe, maybe the Huskies get the taste of what it is like being in the big 10 and get that whiteout game when they travel to Penn state. I know we don't got that one on the board here, but that would be one that I'm looking at as a, a possibility of a big time mm -hmm. matchup. Uh, the Huskies traveling over to Beaver stadium and learning what the big 10 is all about. And I'm hoping that one of these four teams, you know, who, Plan this year, uh, it looks like Washington's a team that's traveling to uh, Penn State that could get that wideout game. Other than that, we talk, talked about Penn State USC. I think that's the battle of like the the kind of second tier teams. Who's going to emerge yeah. as maybe the third place team, uh, third and fourth place in there. So those are kind of the big matchups I'm looking forward to. But all we have this whole board here, and there aren't bad games there. That's the excitement of having all these good teams in one conference. That's nine games that everyone wants to watch. Oh, no doubt. And there's a lot right of sleepers there. out there, man. If you're in the comments, yeah. tell us your top five favorite games of the 2024 conference game schedule of the Big Ten. But, man. Did you see what Troy said? I did. Said. We'll, we'll, we'll hit the comments <laughs> after the segment. We'll hit those. But, man, the best game. You've seen these two teams arm racing, man. They are building yep. and building and building in the offseason. That's the Battle of the O's, man. Oregon and Ohio State, that's going to be the best game of the 2024 season. One, it's new. Like Jamie said, that brings that excitement. And then, two, these two teams, man, returning production, uh, returning players, transfer transfer positions, tearing up the recruiting. These guys, man, this is going to be a fun battle. That's my number one. On October 12th, ah, man, I can't wait to watch this game. Hopefully we'll be there in person. But damn, 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 I can't wait to get to that one. I'm going to hold off on my second best game. 
because it's going to involve Ohio State too. So I'm going to take a step back, go down that a little later. But let's talk about, man, you got USC and Michigan. Is Michigan the same team? Can Sharon Moore build Michigan to what they were last year? Probably not. It's going to be a hard deal. They won the national championship. It's hard to repeat, let alone to go through all the changes they didn't do it. But USC, man, did they grow? Did their defense actually grow? Because it's definitely not a shower. It's it's got to be a grower, right? Oh yeah. And what is that going to look Six like to midnight when it comes to the big house and USC? I can't wait to watch that game. It's an early Big Ten game. These guys can't afford to lose that game. They both have hard schedules outside of the conference. USC plays LSU early. Michigan plays Texas early. This game will have huge, huge impacts on the rest of the season that early. And it's what the fourth game of the season. Like that's going to be freaking massive. We got what Penn State. You got a diff- couple different Penn State games. Penn State going out to out to USC to play them. Can Penn State actually move past the third best team in the Big Ten, or do they stay right there just because Oregon showed up? They might have been destined to be the second best team, or maybe even the first best team. But with Oregon hanging around, they're looking like they're going to look at another third place finish. But they're going to have to take care of USC. Uh, You're going to have to bring up the Badgers, aren't you? You just I'm going it. to. I have to. <laughs> I'm telling you, like the Badgers have a chance, right? And yeah. I'll talk about Iowa, and I'll talk about Nebraska. Sleeper game, man. Nebraska and mm-hmm. Iowa. If you look at their schedule, they both dodge three of the big four. They both play Ohio State. If they can lose that game and not lose another to teams they shouldn't lose to, you're talking about two teams with maybe one or two losses going into that, that end-of-the-season game with playoff implications on the line. That would be huge huge game mm-hmm. at the end of the season. If those guys only lose to Ohio state, that game will be massive. Like that's hell of a sleeper game, but the second best game involves Ohio state and it's not Michigan. It's Penn state, Ohio state on the road and happy Valley. They got to go on the road to Oregon and on the road to Penn state. That game for Penn state is huge. They have to get a win against Ohio state at home. Like they have to, and Ohio State, man, with on the road to Oregon, maybe they can't afford that second loss to Penn State. That's going to be a huge matchup later in the season. But of course, so you're automatically saying Ohio State's going to lose to Oregon? Come on, man! I'm not saying they're automatically going to lose. I'm just saying that's a tough test, man. You don't just go out the Austin right. Stadium and fucking pull in a dub, put it in your back pocket. That shit ain't that shit yeah. ain't happening. I, on a, not now. Not with Dan Lanning either. It'll be a battle. Right. So that that's the only people that can do that is Washington. Yeah, so those are some of the bigger <laughs> yeah. games to me. There's definitely some sleepers out there, like Penn State coming to, to Wisconsin. Of course, I got to talk about my Badgers, man. Like, that's going to be a tough game for Penn State. What can Luke Fickle do in his second year? He's putting a heck of a staff together. Uh, yeah, he is. And he's trying to get Mike Vrabel to join the staff or at least be a part of the program somewhat. So, I think Wisconsin. Or just headbutt people on the sidelines. And let's not talk about Wisconsin and Iowa. That's going to be another huge game in the late in the season, man. There's so many good games. I'm so excited. But to me, your top your top two is Ohio State and Oregon, and then Ohio State and Penn State, and then maybe number three is Michigan because Ryan Day has a monkey on his back that he can't get rid of. But other than that, man, like I think USC at Michigan that would be a fun one. Um, Oregon at Michigan in the Big House will be a fun one. I think that kind of rounds out my my top five. But man, Damn, oh we're gonna man. have to bring this back I didn't close even to talk season. about the game though. Like I don't have to rank yeah. the game; it's in the title, the game. Of course, that's that's somewhere in your top five. Obviously, goes without saying. Yeah. All right, let's hit some comments. Let's go. All right, Dominic says, "What's up, fellas? What's up, Dominic? How we doing, man? What up, Dominic? Hey, hey. 
What up, bro? And Troy says, look at all them chip teams. He just mad. I'm assuming he means all the pack former Pac-12 teams. He's just mad because his Cougars got left for a younger, better-looking better looking conference. Hey, he man. Bet, either number I, one or number two. If we were doing a segment on the best games and matchups in the Pac-2, we, we, it'd be pretty short. One game, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so good luck there. We know the championship game. Yeah. yeah it's dialed <laughs> in. Sports HD says, let's go. They're both going to be six and six. They're playing each other all year. UW is going to be showing their bellies. They done neutered. That's true. They got yeah. neutered bad in the offseason. Someone took them straight to the vet. And then here's my mom. My mom was chiming in. Ohio State, Michigan is my top game. No lie, mom. Oh, there we go. There we go, Miss Hicks. She knows what she's talking about. But let's move on. Let's move on, man. The Big Ten, the SEC, do we have an alliance? And what does that mean for the NCAA and the rest of college football? Jamie, you got us with it, Jamie. About this. Man, that this is the writing on the wall. Okay. You you look at, at what's going on everywhere. There's all stuff in flux. We got two years left on this college football playoffs like uh format. You got the people over at Fox and the people over at ESPN, they're joining forces to make uh, and all they're going to create an all sports digital platform. So that way you got two of the biggest media people. You got the big tens, you got the sec. They're coming together. All this is happening. You have the committee. It's going to be uh, university presidents and athletic directors. Mm-hmm. I didn't say anybody from the NCAA is going to be a part of that advisory committee. The writing is on the wall. They're coming together. They're figuring out how to get this done. I think there's a, a two-year timeline on that of where, where this could be with the playoffs in flux, no plan after the next two years, with the big media guys coming together, being able to put their differences aside. It just kind of sets the path. Like it clears the road there for, for this to actually happen. I, I think it's, it's going to happen. There's so much that the NCAA is controlled. They don't have the control when people like this take it out of their hands. And so that that's what's happening. That's the future of college football. It's everything we've talked about. Is it going to be great? Who freaking knows? Is it going to be bad? I don't know, but it's where we're headed. So let's, let's it's hang gonna on. It's going to be better. Ride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I would just describe it a little differently. I'd call it the big dick move. They're pulling it out. They're like, we're the big dogs. We're going to hang it out. We're going to show you that we're the big dogs, and we're going to do it our way. I mean – they talked about something needed to be done. The NCAA has done nothing. Waiting for courts to decide outcomes to establish goals and regulation, it's just asinine. And it's just going to lead to failure. You have coaches leaving because the NCAA has done nothing. They've done nothing. Yeah. They have not regulated anything. And when they do, it makes no sense because no one knows that they're not allowed to do anything. So that's why Tennessee's fighting it you know, in the courts. And that's why these these two conferences came together. They have never come together. They're ultimate competitors. You, like you said, you have different TV networks that have joined with each of the two conferences because there's that competition. There's the Midwest and now the Pacific Northwest and the South going against each other, but they're coming together for the common good mm-hmm. of saving college football. And and publicly, they're saying the things that they're supposed to say. There's a bunch of formalities like, yeah, we're not going to break away from the NCAA. Yeah, we're doing this for the betterment of the sport. We're going to take other conferences into account. They're full of shit. It, the other conferences really want to do something, make some more money. 
Is this really it's best, it's bullshit. college football? Like, is it really? Like, regionality, I think, has always been key to college football. And now you're getting pretty much two regions of college football. That's and, it. And it's pretty much the power, too, as it is right now. And it's probably going to get worse. Uh, you can see Florida State trying to get out of the ACC. But is that really good for college football, Jamie? Is that truly it's, good I, for college football? I, I hear Beef saying that, and I and I disagree. We, we're talking over here about Washington State getting left behind, Oregon State getting left behind. These are people who have had a history in college football that they are going to be farther and farther and farther left behind. There's going to be two conferences. We've we've gone away. This is the new NFL model, is what we're doing here in college football. And I, there are so many teams, man. One of the greatest things you look over at another sport, college basketball. One of the greatest things that's is that the little guy can still compete with the big guys. We will not have that mm-hmm. anymore. Nope. We will not have That's gone. The, the non-Power 5 conference guy making a wave for the playoffs. It's not a thing. They can't compete at that level, and we're going to miss that. I'm Like I said, I don't know if it's going to be good or this is going to be bad. I just know it's where we're headed, and I, I don't know if I'm happy about it or sad or what. I mean, it's a, it's a big mixture of feelings on this one. Like, is well, this the, the next two, part, the next part of my fun. line was – the betterment of college football was bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> they just want to do what they wanted to do. They're going to keep the big dick rolling, and they're going to do what they want to do and what's best for them. I mean, it's all about money, money and that's it where it's all. going. And you're right. The little guy, that's exactly right. You're not going to see UCFs rising to the top anymore. You're not going to see them claiming a national title anymore. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to be able to compete. And when they do have the pieces, transfer portal, baby, someone's going to swipe them up. So I agree. I think we could have got all these big games that we're talking about in the previous segment. We talked about all these great matchups that we're getting since all these new teams came to the Big Ten. But you could have had that without breaking up the conferences. You had a centralized scheduling system. We could have had all these great games. I think the bad thing that college football allowed to have this kind of stuff happen is not schedule enough big games. Like I've talked about it and talked about it. Like opening weekend, there's in any given season, there's like one or two good games. And that's terrible. You have a four-day slate. And the best you can do is two good matchups. Like, come on, man. And there's no NFL, like you said before. Yeah. They don't have to compete with the NFL. But you know what's worse? So I want to look at this from an ACC and a Big 12 point of view. You know, and Pac-2, for that matter. You know what's worse than one bully? Two bullies. Two. Yeah. And that's what they're seeing outside of uh, the Big 10 and the SEC. I want to talk about a little bit. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said, we're not here to undercut or overtake the NCAA. Yes, they are. It's bullshit. They're bullshit. That may not be true. They may not be true. Maybe they're not going to undercut. Maybe they're not trying to take over. But eventually the NCAA is going to be a carcass, a well carcass in the water. And the Big Ten and the SEC are sharks surrounding it, just waiting for it to die so it can dissolve. It can, you know, eat up everything it it dissolved from the NCAA. And that's what they're sitting there waiting for. They may not be the one who, who, who killed the whale, but they're ready to, and just endow that whole freaking carcass, man. Like, but you, uh, they have to because of the the NCA just did nothing. They let everything go to the point of chaos. So someone's got to step in. Someone's got to be the big man. Someone's got to establish some rules and guidelines. And that's what they're doing now. I mean, they can't wait around for the NCA to be like, all right, we're too scared of lawsuits. So we're doing nothing. Yeah. He said they want to get them together to introduce new ideas, perspectives, and cut through political red tape that they face in the current state of college football, which I think is a good thing. Uh, But to me, that's also saying bullshit. They're saying, fuck you to the ACC. Fuck you to the Big 12. 
fuck you to the, the rest of college football. We're the big dogs. We're going to run this shit. And we're going to do it our way. And if you don't like it too bad, we'll take Florida state. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the devil's in the details, it, man. Yeah. It really is in the details. The biggest issues are NIL and college football playoffs. Why do they want to come together and decide on what's right for the college football playoffs? Cause they want to be, the college football playoffs. They don't want anybody mm -hmm. else to partake in it. They don't want anybody else to get that money cut. This is like two liberals on a date. This is what it reminds me of, even though I don't think they are. But it's like two liberals on a date. It's like, oh, uh, let's decide how we're going to split up the bill because I don't know if I should pay for it or if you should pay for it. Let's split up the bill evenly. And that's what they're doing with the rest of college football is trying to figure out how they're going to divide the rest of it. That's just my take. Y'all got anything to add? I think they absolutely want to overtake. Everything they said they don't want to do is what they're going to do. They're going yeah. to take over the NCAA, and that's their plan. That That's the master plan. I mean, that's where they're headed. I mean, writing's on the wall. This is where they're going. I, I see this more as, like, when, if not, you know, like, is this going to happen? No, it's when is this going to happen. And and so I, I see this as a done deal. I I predict, like, two years out is what we're looking at. Uh, mm -hmm. is a is a major possibility. It's going to be interesting for like the bottom teams in in the Big Ten and the bottom teams in the in the SEC. Like they just get a free ride to this new yeah they do new expansion style NFL. But mm -hmm. uh, it's, it'll be interesting. Yeah, Vandy and Northwestern, welcome aboard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they'll take the money. They don't care. They're not complaining. Hell yeah, they will. Get the paycheck. Sheet. But you know what else this sends? This sends a message to Notre Dame. Pick a side where you want to oh, be. They're going to have to, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's no way. And that's a big it. money player. They they want that on their side. I mean, and this might be one of those things to be like, yo, Notre Dame, you got to make a move or you're going to get left behind, bro. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting whether it's 2025, 2030, 2035, or how the rest of the ACC uh, gets – Gets divided up. I don't think anybody wants left of the Pac-12, even the Big 12. Even though I'm not making fun of those conferences, I I, I enjoy yeah. watching them. I enjoy their league. I enjoy college football in general. But I feel like, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be like, hey, let's uh let's take our pick of the litter. Let's have ourselves. You know a what's you know what's weird? North Carolina is one of the biggest players in the ACC because you know the SEC already has ends in most of the other states, and it's a good academic school, and they bring in that basketball. Yeah. Yeah, because Clemson doesn't bring much. Florida State doesn't bring much. Miami doesn't bring much as far as like new revenue and new grounds. Yeah. Of I mean, all those Florida schools bring in a lot to the big. But it, it's not going to be about TV revenue in the future. It's not. It's not going to yeah, be about streaming. It's, not it's gonna your be, fan base. Yeah, it's your fan base. Yeah. It's it's big game matches because everything is going to go to a streaming platform. So the TV sets aren't going to matter as much going forward. But we probably talked about this enough, but we could probably go on and on and on. But it's time to pace. We could have bills, a whole show man. about this. Let's pay some bills, man. Let's get that shit. We're Let's already go. getting spicy up in here. Get spicy in the comments. It's time for Dano's. Dano's seasoning, food's favorite flavor. Yum, yum, get you some. I'm Joe Burrito, your favorite burrito. Whoa. Joe, hey. we all know you're the best. What? You can always do better. Try the new Dano's Hot Chipotle. Hey. Ooh, that's spicy. Yum, yum. Yum, yum, get you some. Yum, yum, get you some. Yum, that's, uh, JoJo hurt my burrito, I think. Well, at least hey, they like need to hand us out some samples to take around to these Big Ten tailgates, <laughs> man. 
Let me do yeah, some Come comments. On, first, and then we'll get into the next segment. Troy says Wazoo to repeat as Pac-2 champs. <laughs> <laughs> Wink. Martindale currently in the AA interviewing for the UMD coordinator position. Interesting. They, they said they were going to hit a home run higher. Is that a home run, Jeremy? Tell me how you feel about him. Mark Winkendale. Yeah, Jeremy, tell me about it. Yeah. Let's get some more on that. I don't know who the hell man. that is. I don't either. So give us some insight, man. Give us some insight, Jeremy. All right, it's fine, guys. <laughs> Yesterday was National Signing Day. National Signing Day doesn't hold the clout that it used to, help, used to hold, but we're still going to talk about it. It's Big yes, Ten Roundup Recruiting Edition. Let's get started with the top five. And since we got a duck in the house and they finished number one in recruiting, break down this recruiting class for Oregon. Yeah. Number one you. in the Big Ten. Number one in the Big Ten. Number three in the nation uh, going off arrivals of there. And hell of a class Dan Landing put together. You're looking at 17 ESPN uh, top 300 players. Uh, you're looking at 22 four-star players. Uh, they're also number one uh, in the Big Ten for transfer portal, uh, number three in transfer portal in the nation. Uh, so you're looking at a lot of influx of players coming in. They lost some talent more so to uh, the NFL and graduation than did with uh, people transferring out. The biggest recruit they had coming in, was Elijah Rush, rushing. He was a five-star until he committed, then uh, somehow dropped to a four-star. Uh, he's out of Tucson. <laughs> Big-time big time edge player. Uh, he's going to be huge. I mean, that's that's what controls the defense right there, putting that pressure on the quarterback. He's going to be awesome for the Ducks. But you look at the, the transfer portal, and you see the impact right away. The QB room, we've talked about it time and time again. I got shored up, and Dylan Gabriel coming over from – from Oklahoma, uh, you got Dante Moore going to compete with him there. My guess, obviously, is that he's going to be the backup this year and then take over next year. And then you got the five-star wide receiver, Evan Stewart. He was the top wide receiver from the 2022 class, came over from Texas A&M. That's a big one. The biggest player they lost in this in this class is uh, or it, that transferred out is Dante Dowdle. He's a running back. He was a four-star, got some good action in as a true freshman. He's over at Nebraska now. Uh, but other than that, they're not losing a whole lot. They they filled a lot of holes. I mean, big, big-time class uh, for your first time. Dan Lanning can fill those holes, baby. Oh, he he did, and he's got his team. This is his, this is his third year now, and so he's really getting his whole team there and seeing his recruiting classes pay out, his transfer portal, his big motto – Second, I bring you in, you know, I'm going to bring in somebody even better to come come in after you and, and compete with you for that job. So, all right, as a Duck fan, what player, transfer portal or recruiting wise, are you most excited about down the road or next season? That's tough. So, I mean, we I talked about Elijah rushing. I think he's going to do big things off the edge there. But next year, I think we have a Heisman candidate in Dylan Gabriel. He threw for what 3,600 yards. Uh, he had billboards, 42 total touchdowns, 30 passing, 12 rushing. Like he brings that. And in a, I think an even better offensive system, uh, there with Will Stein and it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. So I'm excited for him. And then Dante Moore getting him away and not letting Michigan touch him. Like that's a big deal moving into the big 10, having two quarterbacks lined up for the future. That's what I'm most excited about is the quarterback play coming. 
I think Beav is probably most excited about Dante Moore since she kept him from coming back home yeah. and playing for those Wolverines for sure. But uh, Beav, man, tell me about me these Buckeyes, man. They finished uh, number two in the Big Ten. Number five in the nation. I don't use rivals because I'd have to be like 85 to use that. 25, 24-7 is my go-to source. But um, they got the quarterback. They got Aaron Nolan. They got the DN, Edric Houston, who almost went to Alabama. Good thing he didn't because he'd have been transferring to Ohio State if he had. Now that Saban's gone, they got the wide receiver like they always do in Jeremiah Smith, the five-star guy. And they got my guy, Aaron Scott, from right down the road at cornerback. He's the man. He's my most exciting guy. I don't, Just because he's a local guy, he's an Ohio boy, I want to see him ball out. And... um <clears throat> I don't know if, how we talk about recruiting without talking about the transfer portal class, and Jamie hit on it. So number eight in the transfer portal class, but they only brought in eight dudes. So, I mean, they brought in big-time players. They brought in people from Alabama transferring. Freshman starters they brought in transferring. I mean, damn. They're keeping a bunch of people coming for, that were, would have gone to the NFL, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a split backfield. You know, the transfer portal from Old Miss, man. I mean, Henderson sticking around. Their defensive line sticking around. Both DNs are back. They have guys that could have gone to the NFL, could have been first-round draft picks, and they're sticking around. So it's going to be a nice matchup between Oregon and Ohio State for years to come, not just now. All right, so that uh, QB room is getting full with Julian saying transferring in, too. So yeah. who's and out? Howard. Who's leaving? You know, someone's going to leave, right? Um, but, I mean, Brown's still there. He gets injured every time he goes in. But I, I, he's a guy that's going to compete for the job. So, let, you know, it's going to take it until after spring ball, really, to see who's going to leave. I would suggest or guess, maybe, Kineholtz would be leaving because he's, you know, at the back of the ship and they're bringing in more quarterbacks, too. You're not going to talk about Kyle McCord leaving. Come on, man. Like that's <laughs> led your offense. I get that you're not happy with him. Ohio State uh, fans, you have to be perfect to be happy with with what they got. And so Kyle McCord is a big piece leaving your offense. I get he's oh not absolutely the guy you want, yeah, but that yeah. would be the guy that I'm like, oh, he he's he transferred out. That was a big piece. You hopefully have the right pieces. You have a lot of young pieces. You got. Uh, what Will Howard transferred in, and like that's a good piece. So I think you guys set up nicely for for him leaving, but uh, that still is a huge, huge. Uh, per- oh, actually, I mean, you have a starting quarterback from you know a team that went eleven and one and and play in regular season. Yeah, he, he was coming stat. back. He had good. If he stat. was coming back, he had great stats. I mean, I think the biggest thing was his head and his daddy's head in the off season. And after games, I mean, during the game, he was all right. Uh, everyone struggles their first year at big time programs. You get a second year under the belt, they do a lot better. There would have been a lot of progression. And I think Kyle McCord would have been good if he would have just kept his head on straight and not worried about competition so much. And maybe got, it wasn't him. We got to move on. Could have been, been, been daddy. Uh, Steve likes to have these nuts in his mouth and he can't stop talking about them. But, you know, we got to hey, man, on. Once nuts are in my mouth, they're staying there. Speaking about Buckeyes, let's talk about the uh, better version this year, Michigan. The coach is from the Ravens, Ravens defensive coordinator. Coordinator from of course. That's the only place they get him. Go to Baltimore, man. John Harbaugh got to. hooked him up, man. John, man, he's the man. So yeah, that'd be a good hire. Obviously, the Raven Ravens defense is always uh, top, usually top notch NFL wise. So that'd be a good hire if they get him. 
I want to talk about Penn State, though, man. They did okay on Great. the trail. They did pretty good Big Ten-wise. They finished third in the Big Ten, but 15th overall. You know what's crazy? You want to know what's crazy, though? Eight SEC teams finished in front of the third-place Big Ten recruiter. What's that tell you, man? You want to understand why the SEC has been so dominant in college football? It's right there. The third-best recruiting team in the Big Ten has eight SEC schools in front of them. Penn State would have finished ninth in recruiting in the SEC. That is a crazy, crazy stat. But let's talk about some of their players, man. Big time, tight end, five-star, number one tight end, Luke Reynolds. Imagine Ryan Reynolds, but tall with a mullet. That's what you got right here. That's this guy. He's got to put some size on, but this dude is a mover, man. He's got a 38-inch vertical, 6'4", height, 4'5", speed. Now, I don't know how well he's going to be blocking the trenches until he can put some weight on, but this dude is an absolute threat in the passing game. He's going to be a monster. You're talking about a six foot four, four or five speed, 30 inch, 38 inch vertical tight end. Whoo! He's going to be cooking, cooking in Happy Valley, man. They grabbed another Ohio State. I mean, no, not Ohio State QB. Sorry. Another Ohio <laughs> QB uh, <laughs> to add to their class. And this dude's a solid pickup, man. He's got uh, he's got a good arm. He's got some escapability. He's, he's definitely got some growing to do. He's not going to come in right away and start, but they don't need him to. He's going to sit behind another Ohio QB because they like him there in Penn State and, and kind of grow into that position. Penn State didn't ignore the trenches either. You got to get you got to beef up the trenches, but too bad they only did it on one side of the ball. And they grabbed two four-star tackles and an interior offensive lineman who was their best big man in the class, Cooper Cousins. He's a sub above for all you Wisconsin fans. Cousin subs joke there. Uh, But Penn State, man, they really failed on the defensive side. Their defensive recruiting was subpar, man. Their best defensive recruit was a three-star. Torrey. What is going on with the defense? I mean, these guys are known for their defense. They're known for their linebackers. They're known for their defensive line. And you couldn't do better than a three-star on that side of the ball. Like, you got some good offensive talent coming in. But, man, oh, man, y'all y'all missed something on the defensive side. Maybe that was Diaz on his way out. He's like, I'm not recruiting no more. Maybe. Maybe. I think so. Habib, go ahead and tell me about your second favorite team. My second favorite team. Oh, Got to talk about these guys again. The national champions, man. The developmental team. The best developmental team in the nation. They didn't bring in a strong recruiting class. It was not ranked that high. I mean, 16th in the nation on the composite score. I mean, but shit, it doesn't matter for Ohio State. They develop and they get what they want from the development. They do more with less than anyone in the nation. And they did it again. I mean, Andrew Sprague is their top-rated guy, according to 24-7. He's an offensive tackle, and guess what? They just produce offensive tackles. Anyone on their offense is going to the NFL. Josiah Edmonds is a corner, uh, the second-rated guy, and he is a cornerback. So they they got that good defensive team, and this is a guy to watch out for, Jaden Davis, the quarterback, man, that they got from North Carolina. He is a four-star player and uh, number nine at the position, and number five in the state for him, 115th nationally. So no real, real studs 
you know, just jumping off the screen for you. They got an Ohio guy, and you better believe those Ohio guys that Michigan gets are Heisman-esque. I mean, two of them in the last 30 years, or well, I guess it was, yeah, last 30 years have been Heismans from Ohio. Their Heismans are always from Ohio. All right, and then they got some DNs, man. They got um, Devin Baxter. And those DNs that they've been producing sending to the NFL, you're going to watch one of them in the Super Bowl. So watch out, man. I don't know who's going to be good because they're a developmental team. I mean, but the people that they do bring in are probably going to be some of the best in the nation by the time they get to year four. All right. So who are you looking forward not to playing against in this recruiting class as a Buckeye fan? That Jordan Marshall, man. Anyone from Ohio, I'm telling you, they are going to be good for Michigan. They find the Ohio guys that are good, and that's been the history of their program, including coaches. Jim Harbaugh was born in Ohio. All right, all right, we'll move on to the next team. From the man who almost made it to 40 without any kids, tell us about your best product, the Trojan. All right, we got <laughs> USC here. Yeah, number five recruiting in the Big Ten, number 17 in the nation, number three in the transfer portal in the Big Ten, and number 12 in the nation for the transfer portal. So they're out there recruiting, and that paints part of the picture. But the bigger picture is all the people that come out, they don't account for that, how many people have been leaving USC. The, the one thing I want to talk about first is they've lost three out of their last four top uh, signees uh, from their, their, uh, their classes, their high school recruit classes. So three out of the last four top players they picked up are all in different places now. So that's kind of crazy to me. And and the one class that they didn't uh, lose their top pick, they lost their second. And so, like, they they lose their top talent that they bring in. But they did recruit well this go-around, number five in the Big Ten, number 17 uh, in the nation. I, I expect that to pick up now being in the Big Ten and, and trying to come back to prominence and, and doing that. It's all going to get better. They picked up. Uh, Jason Zandamella, he's the number one interior offensive lineman in in the nation in the, in the high school recruiting class. They also pulled a safety from UCLA who followed his his defensive coordinator uh, in Kamari Ramsey. That was the number three safety in the transfer portal, so that was a big pickup for them. Uh, but they lost a lot of players. You saw Malachi Nelson, who was – uh, the number five QB in the 2023 class, their number two two overall player uh, in that class, uh, Damani Jackson, the cornerback, he transferred to Alabama. He was the number two cornerback in the 2022 class and the number five nationally uh, uh, all around. And Corey Foreman, the edge of the 2021 class, he was the number one defensive lineman and the number two nationally ranked player. They lost all of that. And so – it's kind of it's kind of crazy to see all that going out the door. We can talk about what's coming in, but they're they're losing a lot. They they shored up their uh, their QB room a little bit, but not not a lot. So uh, they're kind of the tail of two halves. There, they recruited well, but l did not recruit their own players very well. So you're telling me their D can't fill the Trojan? Uh, it sure seems that way. We'll see yeah. with the new defensive coordinator though if if he can fill it up. Will she? Will, will she? Will she? Will she? Will she? <laughs> All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about the mid recruiters, mid tier, mid tier recruiters in the big. Uh, it, for some reason, there's only one pack team that finished in the top 
11. That's kind of weird. But anyways, yeah, let's hit, let's hit a comment before we get started. But we'll let me talk about Nebraska. Jack, who, what is it like celebrating the second best conference? Hey, you, uh, you know, it's getting better. We had actually two teams that played in the national championship game, but we talked about it earlier. You missed it. We talked about how Penn State's the third best recruiting team in the Big Ten, which would have been ninth in the SEC. So this part sucks. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Sorry, I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid. That's okay. Keep it. <laughs> well, us. you know what? No. Saban's gone, so the glory's gone, too. You take Saban out of the equation, and it's not that far of a separation, man. I got a dog so we'll for see you what agrees. You got yeah. a dog for me that disagrees. disagrees. <laughs> I mean, how many national titles do you have? Seven. I got uh, eight others. I got eight other schools to your three to say, "Huh, really?" Yeah, yeah well, we'll see. We'll see where it goes think, now. You know, if our if we want to rank, you know, conferences, you look at any of our teams. Even our number eighteen team would probably be uh, the top team in the pack too right now <laughs> in recruiting. So I, I want to throw that out there. That's a power five conference, okay. <laughs> Let's not let's not forget. Automatic qualifier for the uh, playoffs. All of them. They wish. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> I should have left that up there a little longer. All of them, Jacku. All of them. That, that's right. All of them. Oh man. Well, are we back? Are we back? Let's to talk about Nebby. Nebraska. Talk about Nebby, man. They 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 did some work. And Matt Rule got his guy, Dylan Riola. It starts and ends with him. It's his name. It's the return to glory. And hopefully Matt Rule, along with him, can bring it back. They didn't do much in the transfer portal. They are, you know, their rank was 50. So not great there. I would have hoped for a little bit better from them. But I trust in Matt Rule. Um, and we'll see. Dylan Raiola, five-star player, number one overall. Um, he's the quarterback of the future. And hopefully he brings it. They got another four-star offensive tackle, so someone to protect them and keep them from turning over balls like they did with Sims last year. And then they got an athlete, Roger Gradney. So they got him out of Texas, bringing back that Texas recruiting. They got some guys out of Florida. So, I mean, the recruiting's picking up. It's just, it's going to take some time, man. The rest of them are all three-stars. And when we start talking about three-stars, it's the diamonds in the rough. Did they get those diamonds in the rough? I actually, you know what they had, they do have a couple more guys, a offensive lineman and a tight end that are four stars. But like I said, lots of three stars. When we start getting in this mid tier, it's hard to pick, you know, what's really, really good. What's really, really bad. It's just a matter of development. These are developmental programs. Once we can start getting in this mid tier, just like Wisconsin, let's see what Wisconsin's going to bring in. Tell me what they got. AJ. First, before we get there, the slogan used to be for Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone, but apparently it's for the Riolas. So they're in the uh, not everyone crowd. So, so welcome on in, welcome on in. But I'll talk about the quarterback Wisconsin. of the future, baby. I'll talk about Wisconsin for the first or second time in the last ten years. The Badgers are in the top twenty-five in recruiting. How about that? On Wisconsin, let's go. Luke Fickle is picking up recruiting for the Badgers. I'm excited, man. Let's dig in. Let's dig in, Badger Nation. Of course, us fish frying, cheese curd, loving asses. Best recruit is a four-star offensive tackle. Of course, because, you know, (laughs) we like the beef in the middle, baby. You know that's where it's at. All that cheese. And not only did we beef up the offensive line, we beefed up the defensive line. We added two 
four-star defense ends. We got reach, too, because we got one from Hana Lulu. I can't say his name. Not going to try to. Number 26 (laughs) (laughs) overall defense end, but he's a four-star. But, man, they're they're doing work in the trenches. This is a Luke Fickle-type team. You can tell he's starting to build what Luke Fickle does. He's trying to bring in Mike Brable. Like, this is going to be awesome. It's, It's a good time to be a Badger. But where would Wisconsin be without their star running back? We can talk about the defensive line. We can talk about the offensive line. But where would we be? We have the 10th ranked running back, man, Dylan Jones. He's a great combination of speed and size. And he played in one of the best conferences in college football. He played for good counsel in Maryland. So you know this guy won against good competition. So you know he's not some, you know, Minnesota kid. You know, I got to dig on Minnesota who played against a bunch of five foot five uh, white boys, you know. Like this guy's actually coming from a good conference, good high school competition, excited about him. Overall, though, solid class, man. We grab eight four-stars on both sides of the ball. Three of those are on the defensive line. We grab two four-star tackles, and we talked about that four that four-star running back from Maryland, man. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. But, you know, Purdue. Purdue. Boiler up, baby. I'm impressed with Boiler. I'm impressed. Man, Mr. Walters is coming through. I mean, they got three four stars. Coy Beasley, a safety. They got Marcus Dilla, uh, Devila, and he is a quarterback of the future. Midland, Texas. They're getting those Texas boys in there. Luke Williams from Naperville, a safety. And they got four transfers from Georgia. You talked about those dogs earlier. They disagree. Well, they got a couple boys from there. They couldn't make it in the big league, so they joined, you know, the second best league. And they're at a mid-tier school, and we'll see what Purdue can do with them. They did okay in the transfer portal. They're number 32 ranked in the nation, which is an upscale for for Purdue. I mean, as long as they keep growing, I, I, I look for Mr. Walters to do pretty damn well. Keep it up, man. Boiler up. Keep it going. This is where we run out of things to talk them, about, man. though. These four stars, there's not much four stars left when we keep going down this list. All right, well, so we have to hit this comment, man. He's got a couple of good ones in a row. So Riola is the kid that might start the trend of QBs not signing five deep at Ohio State, Georgia, and Texas. It's a pretty good point, man. He's yeah, like, I, I, I think Riola's biggest problem is that he took so long to sign. You look at Nebraska's class, he could have had much more around him if he would have signed early and got ahead of that. Yeah. Brought in his receivers, his offensive line. They picked up a couple in the transfer portal to to help him out because they they knew it was going to be all right with Matt Rule and and uh, and him at the helm at QB. But uh, I don't know. I I just wish he would have decided a little earlier and, and helped his team out. He could have. I agree with it. I agree to that. He said QB should be looking for spots that are open with decent weapons and good old lines. Don't sit mm-hmm. four deep at Georgia. Good job, Raiola. I'll Hello, agree to that. Iowa. But go back to what Jamie said. He said, and he also said this guy could be the next Brock Purdy or go out there and be the next Brock Purdy. I should say it right. Uh, but I agree with Jamie. But I'm going to talk yeah, about I mean, Iowa, man. Let me talk about the Hawkeyes. Where the next quarterback should go. <laughs> There's a job Not waiting for you, man. Maybe. It's like going to the Browns. Forget that. Iowa, though. Talking get the about- number one punter. Talking about quarterbacks, they signed a four-star QB, James James Resner. Verified track speed, 
a true dual threat quarterback at Iowa. We don't have a statue back there. We don't even got the Liberty back there. What's what's happening, man? He threw for over 2,500 yards, 27 TDs, and he had 600 yards on the ground his senior year. How about Iowa, man? Of course, their defense is where it's at. They had four or two four-star linebackers, Cam Buffington and Derek Weisenkorf, their top recruit. These guys got tough names, man. I'm telling you. They also grabbed two four-star linemen on both sides of the ball. A couple of tackles, one interior offensive lineman, Cody Fox, and two edge guys, Joseph Anderson and Chima Chichiniki. <laughs> These names are killing me, man. Uh, but they both have length. One is kind of missing size. Anderson needs to add that weight. But man, oh man, Chiniki, he's got size and and height and length already. He could be uh, a player from the get-go. Uh, but, you know, if you're talking Iowa, you got to talk tight ends. And they got their guy. Four-star tight end, Gavin Hoffman. He you goes, love talking tight end. I do. I love some tight ends. He goes about 6'5", 220. He also ran the four fives in the shuttle out of high school. So you got another big man who's got wheels. That's pretty damn good. That is pretty damn good, man. But Jamie, Jamie, tell me about them. Okay, I'm not going to be excited. Tell me about those stupid gophers. <laughs> oh, Minnesota. Oh, man. Just because you almost got in a fight there. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're right. a badger, you hate gophers. If if that's how he like doesn't like places, he's not going to like a lot of places. Uh, oh, oh, AJ Whiskey, <laughs> he, he's not known for being the most friendly, you know, when he's on. He that was video. sober. Yeah, I was. Okay. Well, <laughs> we, got, we got Minnesota here, 36 nationally. Uh, you had the 52nd transfer. They don't do much in the transfer portal. Uh, but one thing they did pick up in the transfer portal was a four-star uh, transfer portal quarterback in Max Brommer. He's coming out of the University of New Hampshire. Uh, we'll see if he can make a name for himself at a bigger school, semi-bigger school, uh, you know, playing against <laughs> some tough talent there. They didn't lose a whole lot. I mean, they lost a three-star running back, but I think that's because Darius Taylor – emerged this year is a freaking stud he's the same guy that went for 208 yards in their bowl game and so i think you know writings on the wall for the other running backs there they're like that's the guy we're going to be feeding uh but yeah they got the number one player out of minnesota in uh four-star safety coy parish uh he's the number five safety in the class so big time pickup for their defense uh all around mediocre, you know, apart for the course is what we. They saw beat at. the Buckeyes for that number five safety too. Uh, yeah, they got to make a push late, but didn't didn't quite get the job done. Keeping them home couldn't seal the deal. But you know, then Caleb Downs come. They said, "Oh yeah, forget that guy. Yeah. We didn't need him." <laughs> yeah, send them back. All right, so, Beeb, you got to tell me about the helicopter flying gangster Greg Schiano. Hey man. He had to do something because this class is bad. Number 51 in the nation. They got a composite rank on 24-7 of 37, so that's a huge difference. Um, Antonio White, a four-star wide receiver. Gabriel Winovich, an athlete out of New Jersey. Man, there's so many New Jersey guys. I don't understand how this class isn't a little better, 
Their transfer rank is 73. The rest of the guys we have to talk about are all three stars, so I'm not going to talk about any of them. The biggest recruit that they got, really, is their running back returning, Kyle Monagai. I mean, this boy had uh, 1,262 yards on the season, eight touchdowns, and he is a stud. They got him back, so they're going to just be running behind him, and they felt like they didn't need to recruit. And, dude, have you seen their schedule for next year? They avoid Oregon, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn mm-hmm. State. They avoid all four of those guys, man. Monogai could take yeah. a lot of run, man. For real. Literally, yeah. yeah. Put them uh, on her back and go. Jaku says, Minnesota seems like a place – that should be should beat great smash mouth football team. But uh no, they all uh, played hockey and then they uh all went to Canada and got stuck on the ice. <laughs> Don't you know? Yeah, they're not they're they're not a smash mouth football team. They can't beat this them. is where it gets fun to start talking about recruiting, man. This Whoa. is where really the big losses come in, the bottom of the barrel, man. And I'm gonna bring in Maryland. Maryland has had some decent years recruiting, but definitely not this year. Big time misses within the state, man. If Maryland kids are willing to go anywhere but Maryland to play football, and that's a problem for the Terps, man. Terps are turning into turds because they can't put a fence around their own state. The top 11 kids in the state went to schools outside of Maryland. The top 11 kids in Maryland (laughs) went outside of Maryland to play football. The number six wow. safety, the number six wow. linebacker, the number 10 running back, the number two defense end if you add in Washington, D.C., because that's pretty much Maryland. They lose wow. five in-state, five in-state defense alignment that were either five or four stars. What the fuck is Under Armour doing? Take a lesson from Oregon. Take a lesson from Nike. Get your NIL up and start playing some fucking big ball. Come on, Maryland. Come you can't on. say all you care about is crab, ca- crab cakes and football if you can't bring in the boys, man. I mean, come on. Like, 11 of your top talented players. They only signed one four-star in Maryland. The rest 11 went somewhere else, man. That's terrible. But let's talk about man. their two most celebrated recruits. Four-star safety, Brandon Jacob, and four-star running back, Deshaun Williams. Other than that, man, mm. They better start pulling Michigan and developing these boys, and they're starting from an even further point than they do. Good luck. Jamie, tell me Dude, about Big, big Ten needs some recruiting relegation. You talked about Under Armour's big dog. I'm about to talk about Adidas' big dog, man. They're both struggling, okay? So you got, you got the Huskies there. Welcome to the Big Ten. You think recruiting's going to pick up and all that? Well, guess what? Your coach set your university on fire and left. And so – now they're looking at the class that they have. They're sitting at number 41 nationally, and that is not a place to be competing <laughs> in the Big Ten at. That's pretty scary. They pulled in five four-stars with the money they got, the campus they have in Seattle, and, and everything. They should be pulling in talent a lot better than that. But, yeah, five four-stars, 11 three-stars. The, big, uh, the big-time recruiting uh, battle that i'm excited to see like you got the qbs coming on campus you got david versus goliath here you got demarcus davis standing at six foot four battling damon williams uh at five foot nine they're both four star <laughs> qbs coming in but it's that's going to be a fun battle they're completely polar opposites there but those are their two four-star qbs they got and that's two out of their 
five four stars that they got were QBs, which at one point there was nobody in the QB room. So those were big pickups uh, for you, Dub. Transferred out everybody. You know, um, <laughs> you know they, they have two returning You pick a starters. name. <laughs> two, yeah, two returning starters. The number one guy that transferred out that was rated the highest was Jabbar Muhammad. Uh, came over to to uh, where'd he to go? Ducks. Where'd he go? Yeah, to the Ducks. <laughs> I, you know, I, it's kind of scary. You know, you don't see rivals really coming across like that. You don't see players coming from Michigan to Ohio State, Ohio State to Michigan. It doesn't happen where players go from Oregon to Washington. But this was a weird year with uh, losing their coach and everybody leaving, and Oregon being on the up and up. You know, he locked up our receivers, so Nike went and locked him up and, and got him over for us. So you had the uh, Boren brothers leave uh, Michigan to go to Ohio State. Only one of the brothers left. Oh, okay, the other brothers just follow. I thought one went offensive line, the other one played linebacker. I'm pretty sure it was two. But I'm not a. They came guy. afterwards. The brother oh. came after. Zach yeah. came afterwards. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So one transferred. Yeah. You're right. You're it's right. Okay. So so rare, you know. And so that was kind of a big deal. And he was their biggest player that left. So that that was the big one there. But that's really all we got about Washington is a fun little and big QB battle going on there for for not this year's QB uh, starter, but maybe next year's. We'll see the David versus. You guys want to know what uh, Ducks and Bucks have in common? Sorry, I didn't catch yes. that one. What was that? So do you want to know what Ducks and Bucks have in common? Yes. yes I'm having do. some technical difficulties, man. I, I, I'm, Ducks I and Bucks, what do we got in Ducks common? Tell us. I will tell you. What you guys have in common is making fun of your uh, rival in the offseason while they beat you during the season. <laughs> yeah, it's well, true. Been doing it's it. the only time I get to talk is in the offseason, apparently, because they shut me up. Hey, at least his didn't win a national title. No, that's right. almost better. Let's talk about that other Michigan team, Michigan State. Oh, man. How do you turn a dumpster fire into something positive? Not Just like a this. clean slate, man. A clean slate. Man, how many tucks could a tucker tuck if tucker tucker were still tucking? Well, he didn't tuck enough because he didn't pull any uh, recruits while he was tucking away in his car. Anyway... They're ranking number 37 in the nation. Actually, their composite's even worse. It's 43. But what they did do is they did well in the transfer ranking. They are number 18 in the nation. So bringing in some transfers with the new coach. Their top recruits, wide receiver Nick Marsh, 6'3", 200 pounds, number 107 in the nation. They got Rustin Young from Honolulu as an offensive tackle. And man, their transfers is where they're really actually loading up a little bit on the recruiting. We talked about this before. Aiden Childs, he could make the difference. He went from that pack to, you know, that conference that is gone to Michigan State, followed his coach there, and he might be the future of this program. The other one, a linebacker, Jordan Turner, pretty good guy himself, um, and a tight end, again, from the Beavs to Michigan State. All right, Jack Velling, all right, tight end. He is 6'4", 241 pounds of pure just beaver. It's a big beaver. That's a big <laughs> beaver. <laughs> all right, Jamie, before we all get right. started. Oh, no! Oh, wait. Oh, wait. What we got? Brett Billima spent too much time at Krispy Kreme versus <laughs> on-the-road recruiting. So tell me how bad this Illinois class got. 
Hey, man, I don't blame him. When that hot sign's on, man, I, I wouldn't be recruiting my ass <laughs> off either, man. I'd be eating it. But uh, Illinois over here, they didn't make a lot of noise on the recruiting trail. Almost should have put the in the break room. Yeah, 52 nationally, only two four-stars. They they picked up the number seven interior offensive lineman out of out of Michigan uh, and four-star Andrew Dennis. So that was a big pickup for them. Other than that, their biggest pickup was from the transfer portal, and that was Cole Russ. We're talking, we're talking tight ends here. You know, big four-star tight end, six you know, foot six, two hundred and fifty-two pounds. He's a big, big boy. So we'll see what he can do. He put up five hundred and twelve yards, six touchdowns over at Murray State. They didn't lose a whole lot, probably because they didn't have a whole lot. But uh, yeah, they're they're sitting about where they were sitting last year. So not not much to talk about there. Right on. I'll get into Indiana. Signetti didn't have a chance to put a good class together. He got there kind of late, uh, but he did grab a QB. He got his signal caller, four-star quarterback, Tyler the Cherry on top with the rest of that JMU transfer portal class that he brought in, pretty much the entire JMU class. They add a – And coaching staff. And coaching staff. They add a long, very long tight end. Brady Cozen, six foot six, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, they had a speed machine corner out of Florida. Josh Philistine, uh, this dude was a playmaker. He, he's going to be a cover specialist in college. Uh, ready to see that guy. He has impressive two hundred meter and hundred meter track times. Other than that, man, they they kind of added a good recruit on the edge. With, and uh, Daniels, he clocked eleven four nine in the one hundred as a defense a lot defensive edge man. Six foot three, 225 pound with 11, 49, 100 meter dash. It's pretty big for pretty good for a big man. Well, that's all I got for Indiana. Tell me about those Bruins, Jamie. Man, there is no bigger like sign that Chip Kelly is out the damn door looking at them with they're now with the with signing day happening. They're sitting at 80 number 87 nationally on 247. Like that's ridiculous. That that is not LA recruiting right there. They have so much talent in California to recruit from. Chip Kelly, he's a pretty good re- recruiter. He finds the right pieces usually. I don't even think he's trying anymore. He picked up two four stars, eight three stars, and yeah, that's about that's about it. I mean, they got uh, not much as far as uh, bringing in talent. They did pick up a four star wide receiver from Notre Dame and Rico Flores. They lost their their future at QB and Dante Moore. I I uh, I think that's the writing on the wall right there. Hundred percent that Chip Kelly's out the door. He's done recruiting. He's done playing that game. He's going to the NFL, in my opinion. But. Maybe just maybe the university screwed themselves for talking about Chip Kelly getting fired mid season. Then he pulls a miracle, beats his crosstown rival and that destroyed the class and he's yeah. just pissed off because of that. Yep. I can see they it. jumped the gun. All right. Yeah. So tell me last and certainly least actually they passed UCLA in the final rankings on signing day, but you know, whatever. Tell me about Northwestern. If you want to have me take a shit in a box and market guaranteed to suck, I will. Cause this is what they got. Listen. I mean, Overall, they're ranked 92 in the nation. On the composite ranking on 24-7, 77. Big difference there. 
But on transfer ranking, just take a guess what their transfer ranking is. Uh, last. 100. Exactly. It's not even, they didn't even get one transfer. It's oh, NA. That's not ranked. Not, not applicable because they didn't get one guy. And everyone they signed is a three star. There's not one person, not even a two star, man. I mean, give me some, like something different, at least something to talk about. They better be building a new stadium and they better be doing it quick because they need something to get some electricity into this recruiting, man. I don't know how Northwestern ever wins a game and I'm not sure that they ever will again. Jamie told me they even finished last out of the, all the nerds, all the nerd schools. Yeah. No, I mean, if there was something I could get excited about, I would. I mean, purple is a cool color, kind of, maybe. I don't know. No, is it though? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. They got rid of their best head coach of all time, and they got another guy that did really well, man. Their interim coach stepped up, got hired, ended up seven and five, right? He did. He did. Yeah. I mean, there have to be some momentum. Like, Like, what are you doing? Are you not trying? Like, this is a Big Ten team, and they're ranked right around 100 in the nation? Yeah, I don't My I don't think they're goodness. ever going to be a transfer portal team. I mean, I, I don't know one kid in college that says, let, let me go somewhere where it's harder to learn, okay? I want some harder school right now, you know. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see. I mean, you can play football anywhere, but uh, I, don't, I don't think the kids are trying to get uh, a better education at that level. And if you want another reason to hate Northwestern, the reason we don't have college football – uh, games anymore? It's Northwestern's fault. They sued uh, NCAA college football game, uh, and we're finally getting it back this year, thankfully. But uh, there's a reason. There's another reason to hate uh, on Northwestern. Thanks a lot, Northwestern. We need some relegation, man. Big Ten needs relegation. You're talking about the people who are most worried about NIL and getting paid for name, image, and likeness is the one star that signed there at uh, Northwestern. Ten years <laughs> and they're never going to get an NIL. It's not even <laughs> happening. Like here's twenty five dollars to like tweet out that you go to Hardee's or something. Dude, you want the Northwestern to get a great job after university, not uh, make money while you're at university. Come on now. Come on. Get with the program. But let's move on. And man. if they We're do get here. someone good, they're going to transfer. Yeah, true story. But let's uh, let's move on, man. We're already running a little bit late. We would normally pay uh, – the light bill, but we're just going to have to struggle and be a little bit late on the payment because we're going to get straight into the Big Ten backers, best quickies. And you know we love some quickies and talking about quickies. Iowa's Caitlin Clark is to get her own fan cam. There is going to be a fan cam on her every minute of every game she plays. Man, how much has this lady done for women's sports Women's college basketball, and what will she do with the WNBA, man? I'm, I'm, I'm proud of her. I'm proud of what she's doing for college basketball. They don't get enough love, and she is changing that, man. Everywhere she goes, she sells out record crowds at that stadium. Good on you, Caitlin. Good on you. And she's, she's going to bring that flop to the WNBA too, man, because she did good. It's important, man. Just ask LeBron. <laughs> for sure. All right, the next quickie, Bill O'Brien. The new offensive coordinator is the top candidate, one of the top candidates for the Boston College head coaching job. I mean, the man's ink is still wet on his contract at Ohio State, and he's already moving on. Damn. I feel sorry for Day, man. He had his man in place, someone ready to call the plays, and boom, he out the door. We'll see what happens there. 
But we got Washington hires Bill Belichick's son, Steve Belichick, as defensive coordinator. Kind of a fun hire. Maybe get Bill to come around. He's he's living his uh, his retirement time right now, not coaching this year. So maybe you get a package deal. You know, Steve's got to do his thing. All I know is the Cougs. Give me that package. muscle, baby. And they are delaying. Delaying the new college football playoff format for 20 after 2025. I'm sorry. But they're flexing that pack two pack two muscle, baby. <laughs> man, I think they, they gotta find a way to just throw that out, man. There's two teams left. Come on. The pack gets nothing. <laughs> All right, man. And speaking of changes in college football, a judge keeps rules on NIL restrictions in place for recruiting. This is this is kind of why the SEC and the Big Ten came together, right? Because you don't want this all happening in court and having judges decide the rules for you. We need some some guys to step it up. And they did. The commissioner of the Big Ten and the commissioner of the SEC are like, you know what? We're going to put some rules in place before the court does because the NCAA ain't doing shit. So Tennessee was and and uh, Florida State, you know, are getting hammered by the NCAA, and no one knows what the rules are. I mean, there's rules there, but no one else is following them. So it's the wild, wild west, and you got to keep this shit out of the courts, brother. All right, Will Smith or Hawk Hogan, I'm not sure. So you want to keep it out of the courts. Let me tell you another another place they had it in the courts because this whole NCAA thing crumbling all around. You had Davo Sweeney, uh, Shane Beamer, and Tim Beck. They all came together at the South Carolina House of Representatives to encourage passing legislators to compensate players directly from their prospective schools. So everybody's handling it in the courts right now. It's it's crazy, but yeah, that's what that's what reality is. I'm going to tell you about the OG. The OG, Dartmouth, said, you know what? You guys can go to court. I'm going to bypass all that, and I'm going to start making my basketball players school employees. Who needs to go to court? I'll deal with them later. These guys are school employees right now, and they are going to form the first labor union in NCAA athletics. A question for you guys. If they're becoming school employees, can they still go to frat parties, get down with the ladies? That's an HR nightmare. Watch <laughs> out. So when you get fired, do you lose your scholarship too? I would assume so. Oh, man. And you, get leave it to, you can get fired then. Leave it to Ivy League to fuck it up for everyone else, man. None of those guys are going to make any money anyway. I mean, it's basically D3 football. They are. They're going to make money. They're not NIL. This is straight pay. I know. The They're not going to make money because there's no funds coming into Dartmouth for football. There might be 20K. It's still something. All yeah, right. they're gonna, and they're going to have to divide it all evenly with the women, too. <laughs> Fair enough. Because there's Title IX. Hey, Kaylin Clark is whooping any men's basketball yeah. player right now. In NIL. Yeah, she I'm is. Saying. But guess what? That's NIL. That's different. Once you have to start paying everyone, man, you got to make it even with Title IX. Fair enough. You well, got it's coming from the school. Beav, you got the next one. Ohio State. Bring it to me. All right. Naeem Oxford. He's the number two cornerback in the nation for 2025. Five-star. All right. High State's just lining them up in the backfield, man. The defensive backfield. They are lining them up and knocking them down, getting everyone they need. And 
Michigan's making fun of Ohio State. They're like, yeah, that's that's what you're going to defend our running backs with is a bunch of cornerbacks and safeties. Still the number one and number two corner. We'll take that. It is. I mean, it's awesome. We'll take it for sure. We need some defensive linemen, though. Well, I know a guy who can coach the defensive line, and he's leaving Michigan. You got Mike Elson, the, <laughs> the former defensive line coach at Michigan. He's now joining Jim Harbaugh in L.A. Damn. Another that line. room is empty. That you, know what's crazy? Room is empty. you know what's crazy about uh, all these coaching moves? They're probably going to get paid more than SMU. But SMU did receive a raise to $5 million, uh, from the college football playoff distribution. And it's significant because they weren't going to get paid at all because they waived their TV rights to join the ACC. So they got a hell of a raise just from the playoffs. Hmm. Wow. And speaking of Michigan again and their coaches, Jay Harbaugh, the son of Harbaugh himself, Jim Harbaugh, is joining the Seahawks coaching staff as special teams coordinator. So, Good old Jimmy didn't want to do the uh, Kurt Ferentz thing and have to fire his son eventually. So he's like, you know what? Go spread your wings. Go out on your own, man. And he landed at a great place, the Seahawks, man, in the NFL. Good on him. Yeah, well, we're we're here at the point of the biggest joke of the show, and that's Lincoln Riley claims Caleb Williams would have walked <laughs> on at Oklahoma when they were hesitant to offer him as a five-star QB. There's no bigger line of shit out there, and, and – that's exactly what that is. It's a guy hyping up his QB who's headed to the NFL for the draft. And we hear it every time of all these. I think the biggest joke is your internet connection. <laughs> that's, that's probably true, too. Yeah. Thank God for Starlink, not. Um, so, yeah. No. Um, maybe, maybe let's adjust the time on this. This peak hours are really getting me. But, uh, no. Uh, so, yeah, no, you're telling me that they weren't going to offer a five-star QB. He was going to walk on. No, a- absolutely not. That's the type of stuff you hype up. Yeah. Who knew Lincoln Riley's initials were BS? Cause that's all this shit is like, yeah. seriously, come on now. I know, uh, Jamie talked about this either earlier, but ESPN, Fox, Warner brothers, TNT, TBS, and more are going to create a sports streaming service. At 40 bucks to 50 bucks a month. Hello, I'm aboard. I don't know if I'm on board. I feel like we could have just had cable and paid 40 bucks and still had that and then all the other TV shows too, but whatever. We got uh we got uh tricked by old cutting the cord. Man, 40 bucks is a lot better than 100. Yeah, but by the time you pay for Disney and Netflix and blah blah blah, you're gonna be out I don't need any of that other shit. Just give me that sports network. I'm good. You got kids, don't lie. I got my dad's passwords. <laughs> <laughs> that's half the that's the reason I gotta log in every day. Thanks, man. Thanks. Anyways, rumors. Michigan not paying them assistance. They're trying to do things on the broke, man. They're trying to say, you know, we're Michigan. Uh, we don't have to pay you. Just come here and, and you can get developed as a player, you can get developed as a coordinator, and we don't have to pay top dollar. And he's not wrong. That's what he said. That's what they're saying, and it's costing them, costing them big time. But anyways, that's our show, man. That's our show, boys. Hey, good job, man. This is uh could be a little dry talking about recruiting sometimes. Y'all did an awesome job. Love you, brothers. Hey, man. It's on out of here. We went it long, brother. Hour 15. They got some extra free entertainment tonight. All right. Big Ten backers are out. Thank you all for joining us. God bless you. Thank you, Jamie.
Thank you, Adam. Thanks for hosting this and keeping it going. It's been fun. It's been real. Until next Thursday, brothers. Thank you. Thank you. Let's end this thing with a commercial. You know, we skipped one in the middle. We got to get one now because, you know. Get in only on the dog's media. Sound the alarms. Something monstrously merry is coming to town. Introducing Bones Coffee's newest batch. Inspired by the giddy ghouls of Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice work, Bones Caddy. Rich premium coffee infused with frighteningly festive flavors. The Pumpkin King, Santa Jack, Frog's Breath, Rough Weather, and Mudslide Boogie. Can't make decisions by yourself? Order them all. Bones also makes a perfectly marvelous gift for everyone on your nice list. And your naughty list. <laughs> Click the link to get these hauntingly holly jolly flavors delivered right to your door. And it's not just for holidays. Bones has coffee concoctions for all 365 days of the year. Bones Coffee and Disney Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's terrifying.